Good evening, ladies and gents, kings, queens, things, everyone, and everybody in between. I am Lee from the D, back with... I mean, I never know how to introduce myself because you do your Instagram name and I be doing my real name and shit. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Siobhan. And we have a guest because this is the wrap-up of 80s crossover week. <laughs> so I'm part of the wrap-up, so I'm part of the wrap-up because I came at the end of the 80s, that's what y'all saying? <laughs> I mean, no. Because, I mean, yes, but no. Because crossover week started with Crime and Wine, so now we got Chanel, who is my host from Crime and Wine, which also it is. because it's cute. Um, <laughs> We got the Chanel, my co-host from Crime and Wine, here to wrap up 80s crossover. We also, if you follow me on Instagram, you saw my 80s glamour shots to commemorate <laughs> 80s crossover week. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Yeah, like she said, I have a co-host on Crime and Wine, uh, Chanel Latrice on Instagram, Facebook, everything else. Actually, it's Chanel underscore Latrice on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And I hate the fact that yep, I had them I hate the fact that I had to do it. I had a, another. Uh, page and then I tried to switch the other name and then that was still taken for seven days and I was like man this is stupid so I just had to settle for the underscore <laughs> and I'm fashionably underscore now on Instagram um, so y'all can go and see my 80s glamour shots I even did the one shoulder ruffle situation I literally did whole 80s glamour shots today it was quite fun <laughs> so um to commemorate the end of 80s crossover week. <laughs> to wrap up 80s crossover week, um, we took a dive uh, into the more reality aspect of Reality Rewind, mm-hmm. where we watched a documentary um, about video game systems, something very near and dear to my heart. And it wasn't my pick. <laughs> it wasn't. It was my pick. And the reason I picked this, so we watched Console Wars mm. this week. Which One, is available on Paramount+. Plus. Had- Paramount Plus, yes. It took me a minute to figure out which streaming service it was on. But the reason I picked this one, because I knew we were planning to do 80s crossover week between the two shows. But also because I had both these systems, and I got both these systems the year they came out. So both of these systems are very, very special to me. And also, when I decided which one we were going to do this week, um, me and my daughter were playing Sonic Generations. Oh, my God. That's a good one. It is. Because I like to play old Sonic, but she likes to play new Sonic. So we play Sonic Generations a lot. (laughs) So it was a good time. (laughs) What did you think of the documentary, Chanel? I came to the conclusion that both of them are petty as all get out. Yes. They are petty yes, as hell. Yeah. They are so <laughs> petty. <laughs> Both of them. <laughs> it's it's really interesting. Okay, so video games for me hold a very near and dear place in my heart. Um, mainly because being young and weird and queer, video games were a safe space and a safety net, right? And it was an interactive... It, essentially, it was an interactive book, right? Mm-hmm. But to see mm-hmm. the business behind it adds <laughs> such a stain. <laughs> you know, I yeah, mean, not a stain, so. but it brings into reality that no, no matter how much um, an item or uh, a source of entertainment can be used for escapism, there's still a business Correct. behind it at the end of the day. Right. Um, 
Well, let's right. get into the business. <laughs> so uh, they, with this, it was a very, it was just kind of a very brief overview. Yes. Um, three was... main points they talked about were, um, well, first, Nintendo was the main at-home console. Mm-hmm. Um, Sega. So, so this is the thing. And I picked this because I was... I can actively remember when all this mm-hmm. was happening, right? So Nintendo hit the U.S. scene in like 1990. Yeah. I was six. I remember, like, you remember the part of the document when they showed those kids like jumping up and down, screaming because they got Nintendo yep, for Christmas? I remember that. I remember getting my Nintendo for Christmas and being so fucking excited and like because the first game I had the thing is I didn't start with Mario I started with Duck Hunt so and the whole reason I started with Duck Hunt is because my dad liked Duck Hunt so that was something that me and my dad used to do together we would literally just play Duck Hunt and it would be like for hours on Mm -hmm. end and I'm six like and it's like we would alternate between shooting, you know, like playing the game, and I remember when they showed the dog yep. laughing at you and trying to <laughs> that shoot that raggedy the dog ass fucking dog. dog. Yeah, it did. <laughs> I hate it. That but it's like dog. Nintendo has special memories for me because this is something me and my dad did together, and we would play literally for hours on end just playing Duck Hunt together. I didn't actually get Mario. Until like two years later, because when I got the system, Mario didn't come in the game, like in the package. Yeah, because the they're at one point they that started offering. Um, it was a combo with Duck Hunt and Mario on it. Yeah, that didn't happen till a few years later. When I got it, only Duck Hunt came with it because you could buy the regular system that didn't come with mm-hmm. anything, or you could buy the one that came with the gun and with Duck Hunt. Um, I think it wasn't until. 92 or 93 when Mario started coming with the game. I want to say it was about maybe 91 because when you hit 92, 93 you start to hit the Doki Doki Mario 2 fiasco. Yeah, because it was, you started to hit the Super NES. You start to slowly, When Super NES was, Super NES was (laughs) in real life. No, it, you know, they scammed the shit out of us. No, the thing is, and they don't, one of the things um, that they don't mention um, about this is developer exclusivity to systems and how that too yes. is a big factor in um, a, a, system, a system like sailing away and making a shit ton of money or failing. But we can get definitely more into that mm-hmm. because that becomes a bigger thing for Sega once they leave the console industry. Mm-hmm. And that actually, yeah. and catch yeah. this though. I just like because of the documentary. I just realized that last week was the 20th anniversary of Sega no longer creating consoles and just strictly being a third developer um, company. So we know Dreamcast killed Sega as a console developer. It, right? I can this is the see thing, that though. It shouldn't have. They don't want to. It, 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 it shouldn't have. have. I mean, but in reality, it's one of the best consoles reality, to be produced, and it really was cutting yes. edge. 
But because it came behind the GameCube, it always kind of seemed like the poor the thing, man's I mean, GameCube. The funny right? thing is, is, although, like, although Sega's I was about to say that, although Sega has console. been better, except when for, Sega, it's, well, we'll it seemed it. as if Sega was, uh, and even in documentary, it seemed like they were always, like, catching up. Like, they were always number two. So since they were always, always number two, yeah. no matter Behind, what, you yeah. were looked at. If you know, if you had Nintendo over Sega, you were better. So, mom, I'd rather have the GameCube yeah. over the Dreamcast. But in reality, if you think about GameCube and Dreamcast, Sega could—I mean, Sonic Casino. Hell yeah! Do y'all remember that game? Sonic Casino. You know, was we like were a Sega house. Wait, I'm was. pretty sure that the Dreamcast came out before yeah. the GameCube. So the Dreamcast was taken it down did. by the 64 because by that point, Sega started doing Nintendo exclusives. And it was like, it was a shocking, well, weird thing because you look at the packages like, for game, it's free. It we're all GameCube games. So the Dreamcast did come out before the GameCube, but. It wasn't that much of a time lapse between the two because they both were out in time for Christmas, okay. right? And because GameCube came out closer to Black Friday, it got it was more amped than the Dreamcast was. So by the time Christmas came around, if you got the Dreamcast, you got the old system, right? Because GameCube came out like a week before. Okay, Black I'll Friday. give you that. Okay. Whereas Dream, because I remember Dreamcast came out two days before my birthday. Because I wanted one, and my mom was like, Hell <laughs> it's, a, it's, a it was, it was it's a million kids in the house. It's a million kids. No. She was like, I'm not buying that bullshit. We got one at Christmas time, because that's when you spend mm-hmm. the money to buy the bigger things, yeah. right? Because when. The Dreamcast came out. That bitch was like two fifty. I mean, and you know, back then, no, that. that shit was seven of us. It was expensive and it was overpriced, and that's why Sony always it, it undercut. Was. And they yeah. also had a good system. PlayStation came out at two hundred. PlayStation came out at two hundred, and the Dreamcast and the GameCube were both two. Okay, so let's take this um, chronologically. Okay. Right? Um, I want to hit three main points from the documentary itself because there's a lot more that I want to expand into that isn't included in the documentary. That's also very important. And I was like, what the fuck are we doing? Um, And this was obviously, it was a documentary that obviously wasn't really made by, at least from my perception, made by a gamer because there were so many other just things that were very vaguely missed. Not vaguely missed. Business. It was very much a like... A film yeah. maker who Yeah, just like, oh, this is kind of cool. Yeah, this is business. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about um, Sega's introduction into the console business and their war against Nintendo. Um, we can move into then the Mortal Kombat fiasco because they made that a big thing in it as well. And then um, yeah. let's... But that really was a big thing because Mortal Kombat is what made Nintendo the little kids console. Yes. And they still haven't been able to shake that. But only kind of, though, because we'll get into it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then because they haven't been able to shake that to this day. They haven't. And they've tried. But it's a they very much. It's a kind of good thing, though. 
And I say that as somebody who has an Xbox and a Nintendo Switch yeah. in my house. I mean, it's a it's a family. <laughs> yeah. It's the Famicom. It's the family computer. So it would make sense for it to be, yeah. you know. Because the baby, because Brooklyn has the Switch and her daddy has Yeah, Xbox, he can play the more uh, adult variety of games. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll do... The uh, Mortal Kombat fiasco, and then we'll talk about the end of Sega, and then we can really segue into life after Sega and kind of where we are now. Yeah, because it really is um, an interesting story because along the same way, there's a a company that's only mentioned very lightly at the very end who blasted everybody away and really changed the way that we consume video games and actually look at this as being a, a, a an artistic medium from the art style to the music to exactly. the character developments to the depth of the story um as you can yeah. i'm about to weep because nobody thought about that shit until playstation no we well no they did though they really did and there were fumbles and fuck-ups along the way that's the thing especially oh, american market so, but they didn't perfect it until playstation popped on the same Cause I remember the first game where I was like, "Fuck, I want this soundtrack." I remember, mm-hmm. <laughs> like actively. So, um, <laughs> we can just nerd out this episode. That's, that's all it. Like, I'm, what? I'm literally in my like happy bag because I don't get to talk about this kind of shit <laughs> with people and really get in depth. You know what I mean? Because, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So uh, Nintendo's on the scene. And, like, <laughs> I don't know, like us, like we in like a video game mm-hmm. household because it was so many of us that video games was kind of because we you know it mm-hmm. Chanel can say it's seven of us right video games was the one place and that board we games kind of found our common ground right video games and board yes. games were like our common Same. ground I've got a so that's board like, games. <laughs> yeah so that was like our shit Growing up, we played like we played video games, and then like our uncle who passed away a couple years ago, he was heavy into video games, and like so we grew up really like the video games was kind of like our bonding place between us, between our the our uncles, between you know that was like our our safe bonding place. We really. were that generation <laughs> that. Like, you know how they say kids now have grown up in a world and don't know it outside of, without having the internet? Mm-hmm. We grew up in a world yeah. not having, I mean, we grew up in a world where we always had access to or seen or, or lived in the idea of, oh, video games, at home video games. The virtual mm-hmm. world. Yeah, like right. we grew up in the virtual world. Because we were the transitional generation mm-hmm. between that very reality-based world into this larger world. We are absolutely the generation of boomers don't get it, Gen Z's don't get it, but if it wasn't for us, y'all would nowhere near connect to each other. Exactly. Y'all wouldn't know which is which. Like, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, we're the the, the bridge generation. Because I remember, like, Chanel, you can speak to this, like, our time spent with Tony was... PlayStation. Uh, Odd World. Playing Spyro, Odd World. playing Crash Bandicoot, <laughs> playing Odd World, playing mm-hmm. like that was our Hold time up. spent with our. But that could be a, that could be at the end. We start talking about PlayStation. <laughs> yeah, we can get to the end when we get to PlayStation. because that's yeah because that's that's where it really gets important and really yeah. deep. Um, okay, yeah. so um, 
So let's start. We've at the got beginning. the NES. As Americans, we know it as the NES mm -hmm. in Japan, or as they like to say, NOJ for uh, Nintendo of Japan. It is the Famicom, aka Family Computer. Um, it was built to be essentially just an at-home arcade system. Mm -hmm. um, you know, instead of milking the coins slowly, they just want to get their couple of hundred and let your ass go. So <laughs> we've all had the NES for a period of time, and then Sega begins the console wars, begins moving in. I'm surprised they didn't mention the Atari Jaguar for real, for real, because they tried, but that was their last system so, that failed in the midst of all of this as well. But the thing is, Atari... Atari, like we have to talk about no Atari, Atari is super important it. though. So, but the thing that killed Atari is that Atari couldn't develop past a eight bit, yeah. right? For some, they tried, but they never could get to the twelve bit. So that's what killed the Atari. And plus, when when you're doing that, when you have such a strict system, nine times out of ten, yep. you're doing all of your video game development in house. So you're making the hardware as Very well so. as the program itself, which is too because much at sometimes. That time, and at that time, only Japan was doing 12-bit. Yeah. Only, and Atari didn't have any Japanese developers in-house. They were all American. Ah. At that time. Okay. They started with Japanese developers, but by the time we got to the point where Nintendo was on the scene, they didn't have any Japanese developers in-house. So they didn't even have the the insight to how to get to 12-bit, which is why the Atari Jaguar didn't the work. The Atari Jaguar was Because Americans didn't know how to do 12-bit Well, no, yet. the Jaguar was their... The Jaguar was their answer to, I believe, the Genesis. So it was the 60... It was, the, but, not 64. But that's the, the thing. NES. They couldn't do 12-bit. They couldn't do the 12-bit. Genesis was 16-bit. They definitely couldn't yeah, do that. Yeah, they were trying <laughs> to do this. If I remember correctly, they were trying to do this at the time in A32, I think. I think they were trying to push that market. They were. Just fail. And honestly, Sega failed at that, too, but we can get in that in a second. Sega definitely yeah, failed. Yeah. Sega didn't get to the next point until really Dreamcast. We got to give props to the Sega Saturn, though, because that pushed into that video game entertainment. Right. But you had. Because um... Sega Saturn, Sega Saturn was the first system to have the the new double dragon on it. Probably where they because they, they were desperate where to they grab grew from the little teeny tiny people. Until full size, like 3D models, like Mortal Kombat size 3D models. Sega Saturn was the first system to have that version of Double Dragon because Nintendo had Double Dragon exclusively. But when Double Dragon developed the new game with the 3D models, Nintendo couldn't handle um, it, so it went I to think Sega. that's either Tecmo or Namcom. It's one of those two. It's Namcom. Okay. It's Namcom. Because Sega Saturn had not only Double Dragon, but they had Streets of Rage. Oh, that's the other thing, too. Namcom was the producer, not just for Streets of Rage, but for Virtual Fighter, which was the first 3D fighter. Yep. Yep. And Nintendo couldn't no, handle it. No, and that all was on so the Sega they Saturn, all too. Went to, they all went to Sega Saturn, yes, because that was the first time that Double Dragon went from the arcade size to actual 3D okay. size. So um, Sega, 
uh, introduces itself into the market as a 16-bit, where the NES at that time was an 8-bit. Sega, of course, dominates, um, not just dominates, but they get a lot of really cool exclusivities. Um, so on... Yes. Oh, even into the life of the Super NES. So this, uh, did you notice that this was mainly focused on Sega itself as being kind of like the plucky underdog? Yes. And Nintendo was just kind of like I the protagonist, that. the antagonist yes, rather in the yes. background. Very okay. much so. I definitely noticed that because it's definitely this definitely was shot from Sega's yeah. point of view. Um, but also, can we talk about? So, like, they didn't talk about this a lot, but this was one of the the fun things for me because you know for a long time, a lot of the retailers wouldn't carry Sega. That's what they mentioned too. They mentioned it, but they didn't really stay there long enough. Because can we talk about how Sega got They talked deal? about that. They talked about That's that. That's what I said. That's what I was talking that about was when actually... I said they were petty. <laughs> they talked about it, but they didn't stay there long enough for me. Because corporate that was petty, petty, petty. different type it of petty. Is. That was petty, petty. <laughs> so... For anybody who hasn't watched it, and I do suggest y'all watch it. It's a quick watch, That's, but it's that was funny. quite interesting. So Walmart wouldn't carry Sega because they were Nintendo said if y'all carry stuff. Sega, we yep. not gonna stay. Like we're pulling our shit out. So in retaliation, Sega then took a hold of a an abandoned video store, I believe, and made it a Sega Play Cafe where you could come and play Sega for free. This set essentially in the parking of lot Walmart. of Walmart's headquarters. Mm-hmm. And then they bought every billboard for like a five-mile <laughs> radius leading to yep. Walmart's headquarters. And it was just like, you're going to see Sega all the way up. And they literally like... Yes, because Sega, I mean, uh, Walmart was like, okay, stop it. We'll give you, we will give you some space. Stop. That's enough. We'll give you, I think they said four feet. Yes, four feet. feet. You get four feet. Like, nigga, you don't even get socially distanced. You get four feet. It's like, okay, okay, enough. We'll put your stupid game in the stores. Right. Um, but that's that's exactly how Sega got themselves into retailers. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember very distinctly at the end of the lifetime of the NES because I was poor, um, and the other kids. Well, never mind. We're not gonna get into that. Name, <laughs> but other kids in the neighborhood. <laughs> other kids in the neighborhood started getting Sega. Probably the same place. Late as hell. We got our shit late too. <laughs> I mean, I got the. I got the Sega and stuff early, but it was like two kids. Out, <laughs> right. It wasn't as many kids in the house. So in the beginning we got shit early and then by the time we got to like Shoot, three when, kids, uh, we, we were able to get all the Power Rangers uh-huh. stuff when it first came out because it wasn't seven kids. But go ahead. Oh my god. Go ahead. <laughs> Power Rangers we Christmas. Power Rangers Christmas. Bitch. <laughs> that still you know I will gush over the range. Okay, never mind. <laughs> Um, okay, so Sega's getting into the stores, um, and at the end of the life cycle of NES, um, all the, the kids who had more access to money were starting to get the um, the Genesis, and the Genesis was the superior system. Mm-hmm. Um, Nintendo finally stepped their pussy it up and was and produced a system that was underneath. <laughs> 
but very close. It was um, the Super, the Super Nintendo. Nintendo was. Now Genesis had a better but sound card. It had better hardware. But also, so the Super Nintendo tried to market themselves as a 12-bit system, but as a 16-bit system, but they really were like a 12-bit system. Like it was. Really it depended a scam. on the game and how it functioned, because everything was very. Because <laughs> you remember, did you ever play Shaq Fu? It was mm-hmm. for that game at that time using the same technology of um what is it with the suits and the little dots i can't think of what it's called right now um using essentially the same talking technology used to make mortal Kombat, which will lead into the next segment um it -hmm. gave you such a really good quality it just depended on the game you were playing like i was playing final what we knew in america as final fantasy 3 which was really final fantasy i think 5 um and it Uh was it looked like a 8 to 12 bit game. It just depended on the developer, but I also got more in that game because it was like a 30 hour, 40 hour fucking game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was. It was a long All the Final game, Fantasies are. But also Mario, was, but see that's the thing, Mario was still a 12 bit game whereas other games were a 16. Mario got an updated look. Um, they got a better color, more vibrant color scheme. They got more vibrant color, but the actual players didn't get Mm-mm. bigger. The actual players didn't get more detail. So where you're playing Sonic mm-hmm. and it's moving mad yeah. fast and they're super detailed players, Mario was still Small very Small arcade, like arcade, 2D, flat, player, flip, right? flipping as it turns. Yeah, like it was still very flat yeah. and it still moved kind of slow and it was mm-hmm. just like... So, yeah, so that's why Sega instantly took into targeting the teenagers that actually it's like they're um, the they're the game for the teenagers if you look at something like uh street fighter right so capcom is known Mm -hmm. especially with street fighter to release five or six uh, different editions of this essentially the same goddamn Mm -hmm. game so super Mm -hmm. nintendo had street fighter 2 they had turbo they had super right sega turns around Mm -hmm. and sega gets exclusivity on I believe it was like Championship Edition, which was essentially a wrap yes. of the first two. They didn't get the extra four characters. They didn't get Cammy and Fei Long and Balrog and who the other they one was. The they didn't get the extra four characters, but they, but they had, got they everything didn't get the else. Extra four characters, but they had everything else, and it was and faster. it looked crisper, and it was in three D. Yep. Yeah. Well, it was still it was still two D, but it was like two point two three. Right. There was but more you know depth I mean. to like, it. it was it's like, like instead, of it, instead yeah. of it looking like a piece of paper flipping back and forth, it looked like a piece of paper turning. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, which was definitely one of... I know that, that was one of the hottest titles at the time and still remains a champion, for God's sakes. It's the only... It's, mm-hmm. it's the only mainstaying franchise uh well no i can't say that because we got a bunch of new ones coming out now that are fucking hot <laughs> Ooh, i just got excited <laughs> uh okay nonetheless um this leads into um the mortal Kombat Ooh. fiasco which i distinctly remember Man. playing on the super nes as a kid so i never played I mortal Kombat on super nes I only played right. it on Sega, so I did not even know that the Sega I didn't NES know that it did. even existed. Yeah. <laughs> I knew it existed, but I didn't know it did that. 
why they brought that, I just, uh, <laughs> because it's exhausting. It's like, if you're going to do it, just fucking do it. And people just need to, and I'm going to say this. No, I'm not a parent. And this might sound kind of cruel and kind of harsh. What your children consume has nothing to do with me. If I want to play a violent-ass video game, yes. I should be able to play a violent-ass video true. game. I should be able to watch TV with fucking sex yes. scenes and black people yes. in it and queer people. Like mm-hmm. it, That has nothing to do with me. Be because responsible. I am a parent. I am a parent. And my kid don't play those games. Nor should she. My kid plays Roblox. My kid plays Roblox. My kid plays Animal Crossing. Mm-hmm. My kid plays Among Us. But as a parent, I make the decision. I'm not, like, you don't have to make, you don't have Correct. to make every game family friendly. Because every yes. game ain't for no. kids. And it's my job as a parent. That's yes. the only reason they have rating systems, right? Because they've had yes. rating systems since I was a kid. Because I remember I when they started putting yep. them on there. Which was another factor the that whole, they didn't they talk didn't. about. They didn't. They didn't talk about, and they really Especially considering have. this is from this Sega's you know, point of view. This wasn't made by gamers. The Saturn was fucked. wasn't made by gamers. It was made by... Yeah, the Saturn couldn't do a lot of titles because yeah. of the But it was like, it's, it's my job as a parent to decide if my kid can handle mm-hmm. this. Right? Because I remember when... Um, Grand Theft Auto yep. came out. And I remember because at that time a lot of kids yes. didn't understand the game ratings. Had Grand so Theft Auto. A lot of kids mm-hmm. got Grand Theft Auto and their parents is like, why the yes. fuck are you beating up hookers? And like, you know what I'm saying? Even before that. Parents didn't understand with the, game the first ratings. one. So I was a kid. So PS PlayStation 1 had for me, the three best Grand Theft Autos. Fuck the 3D shit. <laughs> it was Grand Theft Auto 1, mm-hmm. Grand Theft Auto 2, and Grand Theft Auto 1969 London. Which was set, it was, mm-hmm. which for me as a child was so weird and so fucking trippy and just fun. But there was a conversation that yes. was had. My mother was like, your father bought you this. I didn't want you to have it. I want you to understand the difference between fantasy and reality. You can play this game, but understand that this ain't reality. Like, there was a very distinct conversation that had to be had. Right. Who the fuck is this? <laughs> I didn't know what that noise was. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, when that, I remember when that came out. You know what's funny? Like, even recently, um, uh, a, a niece. I'm sorry, not a niece, but a, I don't know. Um, a cousin of yours her child wanted he just kept saying gta and i'm like yes, i said wait yes, what'd you say is yes. a gta i'm like as in grand theft auto he said yeah i was like oh no you don't need that and of course the grandmother doesn't know what gta is so i'm like no he don't need that game right why not it's just a video game like no he don't need that game he is eight he does not need gta oh god Do not no. get that game for him because she didn't understand what GTA was. He bust into tears and everything in the, in the store. I said, you know what? I honestly don't really care. He does not need that game. Do not let him talk you into letting him get that game. And then I even called mama. And I'm like, hey, she like tell her about GTA. And she was like, oh, no, that's not a game for no child. Absolutely not. 
I was like, she ain't even want us to get no. that when we were teenagers. Right. <laughs> he don't need that at eight. No, do not she get him didn't. GTA. Absolutely not. But remember, he was like six playing the newest version of Mortal Kombat because he That was a mistake. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold and on, wait a minute. Mad that was a mistake. Okay, so he thought he bit he thought he he thought he made all the Very changes and that. he changed what the, he changed what they were doing in the game. And then at the end, that was when one of them yeah. random finishing moves came. He's like, like picked the person up and like yep. took them down to hell and like all kinds of crazy stuff. And so when he, when it happened, he was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> he didn't even realize that that was gonna happen. <laughs> but that was a little different because they actually tried to censor that. He just full blown wanted GTA. Because they tried to censor it, and yeah, that's with kids. If you're a fighting game fan and you have kids in your life that come over and play games and you're a Mortal Kombat <laughs> fan, do me a favor. Have something like a Guilty Gear or a Street Fighter, <laughs> something more yeah. tame available that y'all can play together. Ooh, they are. I won't play it because like, it's, like, it's just too much. It's a lot. There was as a whole. It's masturbatory. So no, there was. They were story. They were talking about how yeah. uh, the game developers, like they were, like they were needing to take long breaks from work because you know they got to go frame by frame by frame creating these games. And the different mm-hmm. outcomes, and they got so bad that people started to like see these images in their sleep and like all kinds of stuff. Where you they do. was just like, "I need yeah. a break." Like they had to give them like a month off of work it's, because yeah. it was just too much. It's called PTSD. Exactly. Yeah, it's called PTSD. And I, no, get me wrong. Like I'm not necessarily for censorship per se. I'm very much so from the mind frame of you can have whatever the fuck you want and I got shit to do with me. Leave me the fuck alone and I'm going to watch and do what the fuck right. I want. But knowing the process of game development and having these images like seared yes. in your mind, it does it does change you as a person. That was a huge thing. It does. Like it's... <laughs> I won't do it. I I'm couldn't. like, I ain't playing no... Actually, I was looking at Mortal Kombat because it was on sale. And I was like, oh, it's only like $7. I can buy this. And I was like, well, I must spend $7 on this shit. Yeah. I'm not going to play this. <laughs> it's like, you might when you get real angry. Not when you get real angry. Nonetheless. <laughs> yeah, when I'm like in a really fucked up... When I'm in a really fucked up mood, I get into Grand Theft Auto um, and I just get into a car and I run people over. And it just makes oh, me feel okay. better. <laughs> It's a way to kind of like get that out where it's like, I just want to punch somebody in the fucking face. It's like, oh, here, I have a video game where I can just go do that. <laughs> well, I, got... I can chase people around with a chainsaw just for fun and giggle my I whole way. I guess that's one way of looking at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, but there was an obvious difference in, and I want to apologize to y'all. That was one of my neighbors. He couldn't get into his apartment. That's so. fine. Things should happen. It's fine. It's not a big deal. Because <laughs> I was like, who the fuck is, is that? Is. We're a self-funded organization over hell. Shit happens, hell. Get over it. <laughs> uh, but there was an obvious difference in between the Sega version of um, Mortal Kombat and the Super Nintendo version of Mortal mm-hmm. Kombat. Um, at the same time, too, there were other video games and other, quote-unquote, children's media, or just in general, not children's media, animated media, or media that people think only children consume, 
um, that were guilt or adults mm -hmm. that featured sexual, sexual situations, violence, what have you. Um, and Congress, of course, decided to bring their raggedy asses in because <laughs> they obviously had nothing to do. I mean, for God's sakes, there wasn't a crack epidemic. <laughs> we didn't have an AIDS epidemic. There wasn't a fiscal crisis. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there wasn't anything else to do but save the fucking children from themselves, <laughs> right? So hold on. Save their children from their and own parents. From their... <laughs> That's what it was. That's who bought the From game. The irresponsibility of their That's own parents. That's who bought the game, but you know, whatever. <laughs> exactly. Um, and one of the speaking of the pettiness Woo! of it. So before the hearing, <laughs> apparently Nintendo sent in to Congress the version of Mortal Kombat that Sega was selling, versus the one that they had, mm -hmm. unbeknownst to Sega. So they get kind of reamed out. Um, God, there was a funny-ass moment, and now I can't think about it because this wine has gone to my head. Damn. Hold on, wait. Okay, One of the, continue in that, in that same In that same <laughs> hearing, the petty thing that Sega did was they took that ex-Nintendo employee, and that was the person that was going back and forth with Nintendo. Because somebody, somebody used to work for Nintendo, started working for Sega, and they were there, and then they brought out the gun that Sega, I mean, sorry, that Nintendo was selling. and For the, yes. the, light, um, yes. the light gun. <laughs> mm -hmm. Which, ugh, not even going to get into that. <laughs> <laughs> going to stay focused and not going to rant about bullshit capitalism. <laughs> no, it's about all about violence. Not going to do it. Um, okay. <laughs> so essentially long story short uh there really wasn't any big movement outside of the ratings being added to video games and they've tried multiple times um to censor this type of media they actually they're actually bringing this up again this year in 2021 year of our lord and it's a black man it's a black democrat once again like i don't know we got a pandemic on our hands uh -huh. um i don't know we have racial injustice happening we have, I don't know, X, X hundred number of, of black bodies that have been assassinated by the state. We're not dealing with a fiscal crisis. We're not dealing with high unemployment. Like, you know, we none of these things matter. <laughs> let's go for the video games. Okay, now let's get into Sega, at the end of Sega as a console and Sega's life after, because this is where it really gets like, this is where it gets live. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, Sega releases an, an add-on addition to, first they release an add-on addition to their um, Genesis console called the Mega Drive, which was supposed to help bump yes. up the original system to a 32-bit system. However, the Mega Drive did not sell here. Finally, Sega produces a 32-bit system for themselves. Um, it was a failure. It was the Sega. It was the Sega 32X. It was, I think, if I remember correctly, it was the first at-home console that had a port of Doom, which they didn't really talk about that with it because it was it was odd that they didn't because that was a very big launch title. It was the first time, but Bethesda had like built up its cred as far as like producing PC games. Um, and having that port over to the 32X was supposed to be like a big draw. However, 
It was a horrible port. <laughs> It, it lacked was. a lot of levels. It was. Um, and it, I, once again, something that they probably should have talked about because that was indicative of the launch titles attached to that and how much of a failure it was going to be. Um, Sega then uh-huh. attempts to release the Sega Saturn. At this point, Nintendo has the 64 out. Mm-hmm. No need to comment on that because we all know the history of that <laughs> shit. Because that, it was so a fucking do. juggernaut. <laughs> and it was a juggernaut that push Nintendo out of the family only realm because on the 64 you started For to a get second. well you started to get the um Resident Evils on 64 and Nintendo you did but the thing is it jumped it got knocked right back into that family friendly system right when PlayStation hit the, yeah it their time outside yeah. of that family friendly realm didn't last no well, time Sony at the time was willing to take more risk and we can we'll get into why. Yeah, too. Sony could because they didn't have shit they to didn't. lose. Because it was yeah. like we've never done this. We we can Sony jump could. out the window mm-hmm. whatever the fuck we want because by the time Resident Evil hit, people were more likely to buy the more gory games. Anyway. And it looked better on PlayStation. So we can do whatever the fuck we want. Exactly. Plus, we can just jump out the window because who else is gonna compete with us? Nintendo is old. Mm-hmm. We're the new girls on the block. Right. Microsoft hadn't got there yet, and then you know the first Xbox, them games fucking sucked. And so. we got it. Well, wait a minute. We get we'll get into that too because that's super linked to Sega in a not so surprising way. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so mm-hmm. Sega begins its transition. They announce on March thirty first, two thousand one, that they are um, after the failure of of the Sega Saturn and the Dreamcast, that they are moving out of producing consoles and that they're going to be strictly a third-party developer, which they have pretty much right. soared at this point. Um, <coughs> excuse me. So in the process of, and what they, they should have just kept going, goddamn. I wish this was HBO, because it was HBO, it'd at least be like four or five episodes and it would go in depth. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. This should have been a much longer yeah. conversation because yeah. there's a lot of part, a lot of moving parts that didn't get discussed. Yeah, and like you only got a mention of PlayStation and PlayStation, and we're talking PlayStation mm-hmm. one, two. I can't even speak one <laughs> and two. I think even three were some of the like top selling systems of all time. And they really did change the. The thing about it is, if you want to get the continuation of this conversation, there is yeah. a podcast called Business Wars that does I did hear that. I heard that too. versus Xbox. Ah, okay. So it does yeah. do the continuation of this conversation. Like the movie covers a Nintendo versus Sega, and then you can literally go into the podcast, which I've listened to actually twice. I've listened to it in fully. It's like a six or seven episode podcast that goes into the PlayStation versus Xbox because by the time PlayStation and Xbox hit the scene, Nintendo and Sega weren't major players anymore. Like, they were around, which Sega wasn't even really around as a console developer Mm -hmm. anymore. And Nintendo was like, they had leaned into doing the kids shit because they was like, fuck it, we gonna gonna make these dollars. we've been relegated to the kids, we're gonna lean into doing the kids shit because the whole reason you buy Nintendo is because they have the game they're the only system that have games. A lot of them at that. Kids can play. They... A lot of the games that little kids can play. Because on the PlayStation, there's like, what, three games for little kids that's not sports games? No, there's so... there's definitely more. 
it just depends on the. I mean, age. you know what I mean. Yeah, though. it's more. It's, just such e- a it's small, easier. Like you it's don't have to think small about it. Sector of exactly because I can walk into a Nintendo store and pick up damn near any game in there and know that my seven year old right. can play. Where with PlayStation, you end up with a game like the Guy Game. I have to look. I have to actually read right. and figure out what the fuck is going on. Like I don't have to think that much with Nintendo. So, I. I was saying that um, the the close relationship between the um, Sega and Xbox, I was mentioning that because once Sega moved out of consoles, they then um, partnered with Xbox to help to produce the first Xbox. So much so that they were even pitching um, cross-compatibility and backwards compatibility with Dreamcast games. Yep. And a lot of those... Um, which eventually they did do, not initially, but they did do it because, like now, that's how we play Sonic. Is, oh well, no. well, that's because wait, is it? That's because Sonic. This is Sonic Generations, right? Oh no, no, you can go back and play the old ones. Like you can buy older Sonic games and older um, Sega and games use them on the okay on, for. Xbox, yeah, they definitely they eventually got there. It wasn't originally, but they did eventually get there where they did the backwards okay. compatibility and all that. Well, Xbox ended up essentially uh, being the spiritual successor of the Dreamcast. Where, so the Dreamcast was really the Dreamcast was really that girl, and she did not get her roses. Like that's just the flat yeah. out fucking truth. Did not. <laughs> she didn't. She um, didn't. it was an. It, unfortunately, it was priced high there was no real promotion for it and you had a lot of crazy ass franchises that evolved up and through and really hit a beautiful peak right at dreamcast um dreamcast was really pushing the boundary of internet connectivity in a way that everybody else began to follow suit sega thought that Dreamcast could coast off of what they always had done. Because the whole draw of Sega, like the Sega Genesis and everything else was the no promotion. It was kind of like, if you know, you know. You know what I'm saying? Like, only the cool girls knew. Oh, no. Sega. Remember Sega? Yeah, I remember that all the time. (laughs) Yeah, but... Yeah, that lives in my head. Yeah, but remember... But remember when oh they God. were introduced, I've, like when they first I've screamed Sega at random first, people <laughs> in stores. <it's>, yeah. <laughs> but remember when they first oh, um, like kind of jumped out at like CES and stuff, they didn't promote before then. Nobody knew what the fuck a Sega was until CES. They didn't promote it all. Whereas Nintendo was like going heavy with the commercials with this and that. Sega was like, we ain't gonna say shit. If you know, you know. And then CES happened, and they kind of popped out. But even with the Sega commercials, it was like those kind of too cool for school They were, kids yeah, they were supposed to be the edgy Yeah. So it was like, exactly. So it was like, they ha- it was like a non-commercial commercial. Because you didn't even know what the fuck the commercial was for until the very end when it screamed <laughs> yeah, Sega. Yeah, randomly. You. So it was like a non-commercial commercial, right? And they thought they could kind of coast on this like non-promotion promotion, where it's kind of like they kind they were the first like you know the vibes type of company, <laughs> right? Say you know the vibes. Kind of like <laughs> they, they just dropped though. a self-titled they album out of nowhere. Had the girls screaming. The shit just happens, and it's kind of like you 
know the vibes, you know. If you know, you know. If you don't, you don't. If you don't, you got left, right? They thought they could coast on that. And then the other girls started popping up. And it's too many girls at the table for them to try to coast on that. They didn't know how to do nothing well, else. Dreamcast, as far as, like, content and games, like, they had their kitty games. But they also had Shimu 2, which is a beautiful game. Which I actually forgot game. about. I forgot about that game because I didn't play it It pushes... Lot. It continues to push where... Okay, I'm going to mention this and then I want to go back to it. It continues to push where Final Fantasy 7 and 8 went with its ability to storytell. And not just storytell, but have yeah. these amazing, beautiful visuals. You had fucking mm-hmm. Jet Set, bitch. Jet Set Radio was everything for me. Yeah. It, was, it was everything. It yeah. was like... This is how I want to live my life. And I, I think Dark Angel was out at the same time, too. So all you had was these, like, it weird was. hipster kids who were like, you know what I do for a living? I ride a bike and deliver packages. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm a full-time artist who delivers packages part-time, but I also solve mysteries. I'm like, I want that life! They had these beautiful fucking games. Oh my god, Crazy Taxi just as a franchise, it always gets slept on. But that shit is so fun. That's fun. Fucking Taxi, I love that fucking game. It is so fun. And the thing is, so this is a bit of a hot take, but I'ma say it: if it wasn't for Crazy Taxi, we wouldn't have Subway Surfer. I don't give a fuck what you girls talk about. No, they're two different games. But Crazy Taxi, yes, they are two different games, but Crazy Taxi was really the first game that the whole point, like, yes, you're getting to a point, but it's like you fucking shit up in the process. If it wasn't for the blueprint that Crazy Taxi set, Subway I don't know if I agree. (laughs) (laughs) I definitely do. I definitely believe it. Subway Surfer so is that uh, that game where you like you jump in back and forth between three lanes and trying to avoid subways and the trains between and all that and collecting and coins. Oh, that's like and Frogger, it. though. I'll take that. It is like Frogger, but they all but pull also, from everything, though. But they all pull yeah. together because I mean Frogger and Crazy Taxi, like they were in the same thing. <laughs> yeah. I'll give if you, it wasn't for Crazy Taxi, we would. It's a adrenaline pumping game where you have to you have to be quick on your feet, Taxi quick moving. Crazy Taxi happened just before Frogger, right? Crazy Taxi happened just before Frogger. Before the bad they one, the were, awful one, not the classic. <laughs> yeah, not the classic. <laughs> the Bayou yeah. one where they put his but ass and like, made him stand and gave him a vest. <laughs> and some yeah. But that shit, that shit went away real fast, and it went That's back funny. to the Yeah, you got two bad but games out like... of that. <laughs> A year apart, they're like, let's pump this shit out. But it was like Frogger, like Frogger set the path for Crazy Taxi to happen. But if Crazy Taxi wouldn't have kind of evolved what Frogger had already put in place, we wouldn't have Subway Surfer. Okay. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> and even some of the later generations of Sonic, because you remember when Sonic went through that weird phase where it was like not It seemed really like it didn't know what to do. Yes. Game. 
where it was an open yes. world. Yes, know what to do. It went through this yes. very strange yes. open world. That was about phase. the time of the and Saturn though, and then into the, um, mm-hmm. uh, what the fuck? The, the, the Sega Dreamcast. Dreamcast. Oh my God. I am so yeah. old now. <laughs> and it's funny because even in generations, if you play New Sonic, it still does have that kind of weird, aimless open world yeah. feel. But if you play the classic Sega, classic, um, because the whole point of yes. Sonic is that you're chasing yes. Robotnik from place to place, mm-hmm. right? And the, that's because it's like, so if you watch the new Sonic movie, it very much pulls from classic Sonic, where it's like you're jumping through the rings to go to different worlds because you're trying to get rid of Robotnik. So Generations was um, Sega's attempt at trying to rebrand and rebuild Sonic because there have been some mishaps along the way. And they wanted to create a game that old heads could play with their kids. And I think they pretty successfully did it. Between that and Sonic Mania, like, they relaunched that, like, 2.5 or even 3DS, but still side-scrolling Sonic back. Um, Yeah. I mean, they very much did it with, like, Sonic Mania, I didn't like. I didn't like Sonic Mania at all. But Sonic generations they very much bridge that gap between this younger generation and their mm-hmm. love for like open world and like um user developed world type games like Roblox yeah. but also like our version of video games where it's like we're following right. a very strict mm-hmm. story right like you go point from a place to, point to place B, yep. very strictly and because these kids love an open world game because yeah among yes us, those like kind of yes. open world wandering games where it's like <laughs> what the fuck is the point of this like, no i kind of do too shit. it depends on what the genre is i don't like a first person shooter i'm not a i don't like that shit i'm not a heavy gamer and that's why if it doesn't have a very defined Ditto. point i don't i can get play. that but it's Ditto. because yep. i'm not a heavy gamer like that so part of um, the demise of the Dreamcast that they over like super overlooked was uh, the PlayStation One. They mentioned it just a little bit. Yep. Um, but what they yeah. did not mention with the PlayStation One was PlayStation One made sure that all of its most anticipated games had a demo version. Yes. That was easily accessible. Normally yep. came with the system. Yep. Nor, if not yep, with the system, it came play, with another fucking yeah. game. It came with another yep. game because you could play Spyro and Crash Bandicoot. And my and, two favorites, Final Fantasy. And, and we got to get into that too because and, that was a killer for everybody. Yeah, like all the... Because if you bought... Because it's like if you bought any PlayStation game... Because I remember there was a point in time any PlayStation game you bought... Came with a Crash Bandicoot. Came with some demo or a Spyro demo. Uh-huh. Every single one and or uh, yes. Rapper rapper. Oh my god! I have to yes. buy that because it's on the PlayStation Three store. Oh, I love Toe Jam and Earl. Oh, also, just a service announcement for everybody: if you have a PlayStation Three and you love those classics, they're shutting the store down soon. So buy them. They're shutting it down very soon. Get them while you can. Yeah, if you want to get them, get them now because in in a couple weeks, like I think, I I think by the end of the month they're going to be gone. I think it's they. I think it might be July. I think we have till July. Is it I that hope, long? Because a nigga got to figure out how to set up an external hard drive because mm. I am ran 
ransacking. <laughs> I am ransacking. I thought I saw I love a five dollar game. To like, I thought I saw till you had made something like early. Hey, that's May, fine too. It could be July. I've set aside like twenty yeah, to thirty dollars a week to just go boop 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 boop. Need 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 need. Yeah, they're locking those games up, and they're gonna pull it like the Disney shit, where it's like they throw them in the vault and you can't get them for five or six years. They'll bring them out probably in a collection. That's, that's what, they're gonna do the Disney uh, shit. They good for you that. Know Disney good for yes. locking down a princess uh-huh. movie, and you can't find yes. that motherfucker nowhere. Same for like thing five with Marvel. Years, and then that bitch a pop back out. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, Marvel too. So um, I was saying that to say, um, in 1997, one of the uh, biggest, um, most profitable games was ever released, and it was a PlayStation exclusive up until mm-hmm. last year and it was final fantasy yeah. 7 final fantasy 7 mm-hmm. grossed so much of a profit that it within its own universe not even including the other final fantasies final fantasy 7 is its own universe unto itself that playstation had access to uh, exclusively final fantasy 7 um final fantasy 7 after crisis Final Fantasy VII Before Crisis, Final Fantasy VII Crisis Core, Final Fantasy VII Dirge of Cerberus, and now um, they now are releasing Ever Crisis, which is going to be an episodic version of all the games. Oop, I just got that. Okay, I'm going to have to switch headsets in a sec. Um, they are now <laughs> releasing all of that via um, Android and Apple uh, episodically, right? But it had been so long and from seven and what a juggernaut status and really complex story that was family friendly, open to just about anybody with complex characters. Okay, so let's be perfectly honest, serious and for real. Final Fantasy VII holds the dearest place in my heart because it was the first time that I had seen a character that looked like me. Granted. Barrett's character subscribed to ideas of black hyper-masculinity, and it was written by non-black people. But at the very least, they fleshed a character out so you saw more than just that. It was one of the first fully fleshed out black characters that you saw in video games. I love this fucking game. And that, Mm -hmm. plus following the fantastic oddball that was eight, it shut Sony down. I mean, sorry, not Sony, Sega down. And it shut Nintendo down for quite a bit because Final Fantasy was a Nintendo exclusive. And Nintendo never got another Final Fantasy outside of nine. And I think outside of this reissue of seven and eight combo pack for the Switch. When I think of the Final Fantasy kind of fan base, I liken it to the kind of cult status that certain movies have taken. It is. You know, when you when you think of movies like, um, oh, fuck, what is that movie called? Empire Records? Or... Um, some of these other like kind of cult classic yeah. movies where it's like initially they may have made a bit of a splash, but they didn't really hit until after the initial. Some movies. of them 
some of them were that way. Seven and eight weren't though, because seven and eight were they no. gave that was those were two games that they made sure they gave demo disc in and around and with everything. Yeah. It was the same thing with the Crash Bandicoot. By the time Bandicoot we shit. got to seven and eight, by the time we got to seven and eight, Final Fantasy was a proven franchise, and they knew they could like literally build their game release calendar. She was that girl. It. She's still that girl. So. They threw the demos out there. They threw the... Because I remember playing Final Fantasy games. Like, I didn't get into it. But I also <laughs> played Oddworld. So that also yeah. tells you what type of game player More I More like um, action <laughs> first... Um, action... What is that? Platformer. I was an action puzzle game person. Along right? the lines of like a Zelda. So... Yeah. Which they didn't even yeah, talk like, about Zelda. Zelda. It's like, how did you... They didn't, and they should have, because I fucking love Zelda, and Zelda really was the cornerstone of Nintendo. It was the other. It was. It was the Mario, Zelda, Mario and Zelda, and Pokemon. They were two sides of the same coin. Uh, In in eighties, yeah, eighties, nineties, yeah, yeah. Because Pokemon, you know what? Mario left out. I would even say, like, it was more like Mario and um, Pokemon weren't necessarily the games. It was Pikachu and Mario that everybody cared. And it was just really those two. While Zelda people loved the game. You know what I mean? Like, the only thing people really, Uh really, really loved in Mario is Mario Kart. I mean, I still play that to this day. Oh, no, I'd live for a good Mario, a good classic-style Mario game. Girl, I'd live. I'd be sitting there jumping and running and, and shooting and just having a good old time, jumping on everybody's head. Oh, Mark. Tell me, I'm going to get you, nigga. I'm on your Mario neck. 2 was Mario 2 was fun when you were able to uh, jump on top of the other person's head and they sit for a minute. Yeah. Just, like, crouch yeah. down. <laughs> So that was a game. So that was a reskin, right? Um, Mario, the first Mario was such a hit in America that they wanted to follow it up quickly with Mario 2. But they didn't have a Mario 2. So they just reskinned this game called Doki Doki something, something, something else. And that's why it does not, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't fit in anywhere. They're like, oh, it was a dream. It's like, you niggas did not even try. But I still live for him. <laughs> right. Because Peach's little pink ass be flying across that motherfucking board. And I'm like, that is right. You better float, bitch. <laughs> you better be fucking useful. But Mario is one of those games where it's like, if you're into it, you're into it. But if you're not, you're That's really true. Not, you got to be in the mood right? for it. You got to get, like, you're either really into Mario or you're really not. Like, I personally don't really like Mario. Oh, I'd live for it. But it's because I'm terrible at it. Like I'm terrible at Mario Kart. Clutch my pearls. But it's like I'm awful. Ooh, I love me a good Mario Kart. So I don't. But Sonic is the same way. It's like you're either really into it or you're not. Girl, you better stay away from Mario and Sonic at the Olympics. You're gonna have a heart attack, shit. Cause that's my stuff. Now Sonic, (laughs) Sonic, I'll play all day. That's just an anxiety attack waiting to happen, ain't it? Cause I love me, I love I me the figure Sonic skating and the curling on the Winter Olympics. I get sad. <laughs> See, no, I don't. But I don't get into Mario like that. Like I just don't. I never have though. Even as a kid, I just didn't get into Mario like that. Because so, Mario and Sonic are very much as good. Either you're really into it or you're yeah. really not. Mm-hmm. Like there's no in between in those games. 
I do hate that they didn't talk about like Streets of Rage or Street Fighter they or Double Dragon or any of those. I hate that they didn't talk about those games. Because I think that they didn't because those games were already arcade games that they ported to the systems versus something like a Mario but, that was like an original creation for But it. they talked about Moonwalker. They, they did. Did they talk about they Moonwalker? They did. Was also an, they did. Oh, I missed that. But that was that was also an arcade game. That, that was the jump too. That the only system. got ported to Sega though, didn't it? Yeah, that was a Sega game, yeah. Yeah, but still, okay. I mean, if we gonna bring them up, let's bring them up because Double Dragon and and Street Fighter and those games really did like they paved the way for those. They really did. Games, they know? really did. <laughs> Streets of Rage, Double Dragon, Mortal Kombat, all those games. Like y'all brought up Mortal Kombat, but it's because of all the controversy around it. But didn't bring up the other games, and all these games kind of opened the door for right. those fighter games that well, we That's have why now. I was saying, like they looked at it from a one from one note where it was so much more to it, and it was told, told specifically from the American side of things. Where when it comes yeah. to the game systems, even now to this day, that exclusivity of having a certain title is the real draw. It's like, oh yeah. This system's cool. It does that. For for the people, for, uh, uh, I don't know, like, I'm not like a gamer, but I'm not like a layman. Um, we'll just say, so I'm a versatile, right? So we'll just say versatile, where I'm a versatile. Well, no, I'm not versed like that. No, maybe. I've been kind of curious about <laughs> it again, but I've been on this path of self-discovery. So, <laughs> you know, but I'm, I'll call myself yeah. a versatile gamer where I nerd out about it. But my, I don't give a fuck about the specs. I'm more like, okay, what games are on here? <laughs> what right. can I play and how much is it? <laughs> but um, they didn't you. talk about like the importance of, and even in the blockbuster, do we watch that blockbuster movie? No. Damn, I must. I was talking to somebody else about it then. Um, so there was the, that Blockbuster documentary, right? About the last Blockbuster? I mean, we're going to. We just haven't. Because Netflix has that documentary about Blockbuster, and I've been laughing about it. Because I'm like, bitch, you made a documentary about the whole you kill? That shit is funny It wasn't it, though? It was really, it was really good. Um, but one of the things that they didn't mention in it was the fact that, like, especially with the Nintendo sixty four specifically, Blockbuster would have exclusivity over certain titles, and you could only get them and buy mm -hmm. them there. And that was supposed to be a big push and big draw for the Nintendo sixty person to go and to rent more games at Blockbuster and to purchase these titles there. Like they didn't talk about like those that aspect of it that is also very integral into it especially how we yeah. think of like video games like some people like i said some people are super into the specs but for most of us it's oh i love this franchise or oh this title looks good it's like, i love this right game. where can i get oh it's it? only I'm on get this the system that have this okay. game yeah and playstation because we pick the system based on mm -hmm. the game and PlayStation has like done very well with maintaining their their franchise exclusivities, especially with the shit from SquareSoft. Like I will always have a PlayStation in my house. Always have a PlayStation. And see, that's the thing. Like he's heavy on the Xbox, but it's because Xbox mm -hmm. has more sports yeah, games, mm. and that's what he plays. 
he plays sports games. Like he he plays the NBA, the NFL, the he'll play the FIFA game. This like, nigga plays, plays soccer. Games, so he plays FIFA. FIFA. Trey played. Trey played that too. Games, and I didn't realize this. Do you play? No, it not too? me. I don't I play realize. games. My <laughs> oh, oh! She said I don't play I don't games, play nigga. This shit is childish. No, no, hold on, hold on, wait a minute. Because I, I fuck up some uh, board games and some card games, but video games ain't never been my thing. <laughs> I'm not gonna sit here and stare at this goddamn screen for six hours. Fuck this. You <laughs> see, what I didn't realize about FIFA is that the FIFA games, like that's a whole different. Like network of motherfuckers, right? And they these do. niggas take FIFA seriously. Yes, black men love black those games. Really? It's almost yes. all black men who play FIFA. Because when you watch, like, till they have these FIFA game tournaments, it's almost all black men. Which is wild because black men don't play soccer. <laughs> so it's but, wild that it's almost all black men that play this game. They and do. They take they this do. shit seriously. I would have never guessed. Like, Ocho Cinco. Like Chad Johnson, yeah, he like, like he talks FIFA about it. Yeah, champion. he's like a hardcore FIFA. Like he's won these yeah. like FIFA gaming Are you tournaments. Fucking kidding me? No, like he's like when I say he beat like you know the way they have like the Street Fighter. And oh yeah, the two K, like, the Madden's. Yep, they have those for FIFA. Mm-hmm. They have them for FIFA, and he's like the second best FIFA player in the Are world. Are you fucking kidding me? When I say black men get into these FIFA games and they play hard, like there's FIFA leagues across the country that's just. I would have never guessed FIFA. Like I knew 2K. I actually bought 2K because I was like, well, I'm black and I'm a man. (laughs) I feel like I should have this. It was like a rite of passage. So the thing is, so this is when this is when it switched. So there was a time where they would, you could buy 2K, but you could also buy NBA Street. Oh yeah, I remember NBA Street. Remember yeah. that? It was like so the bootleg version of Jam. Making, <laughs> it was, yeah, it was it was basically the N1 tournament, but in a video game version. Bitch, so, I forgot about when they N1. Stopped. <laughs> really? Because in my head, I was like, N1 what? It was like, oh wait, N1. Damn. I even remember that. The shoes, the shoes. Bitch, yeah. when I they was confused. Making, <laughs> when they stopped making the NBA Street games, all those NBA Street dudes just shifted to. <laughs> That's what happened. Did not know. We had another great migration, other than the one from pork to smoked and turkey. The, I had no idea. The FIFA and the uh, and the NHL game. Oh, NHL, yeah, I, I play NHL stuff. I have. Oh my god, I have Madden. Too. That's what, what happened. What the fuck is going on with me, girl? I got Madden twenty twenty so and the, the old school blitz. <laughs> all the NBA street dudes just shifted to FIFA and NHL games. So, you know what I find myself um, playing more and more. I mean, outside of because. I will always play Final Fantasy and weep every time I beat it. Because, look, it's just so beautiful. I just, oh, my God. Um, I'm a softie for anime. And, yeah, I'll cry at anime and video games. Um, <laughs> there's a, uh, it's really gross. I'm going to say this. And by gross, I mean um, not gory. It's sexually, well, it's kind of gory, too. It's it's hypersexualized. You talk um, about, it's a hack talk about anime? Se- huh? No, it's a video game. Um, it's a hack and slash series called Oni Chan Borrow. 
So it's like super like titty heavy and like ass shot heavy. But this shit. Oh, I don't know this guy. Girl, this shit is live. It is so much fucking fun. It is so much fun. It is just straight up run through, kill everything, fuck everything up, hack slash blood shit. And then, you know, then you got titties. <laughs> oh, no, nah, I don't know. But know other, like, I'm going to, all of you that have the stomach for it and that are adventurous and like really stupid, really ridiculous things, please look into, it's specifically um, Oni Chan Barrow ZX on the PlayStation Store. I think it's roughly 20 bucks. It is a good time. It's highly sexist, but it's a good <laughs> fucking time. <laughs> Not no, it is. Sexist. It is highly <laughs> sexist, but it is such just, um, just as a game itself, it's just fucking fun. It's it it's a throwback kind of to the old school beat 'em ups like Streets of Rage, but instead of it being three D, mm-hmm. it's I, I don't want to say on rail, but it's um slightly open world, but you still have a very defined path at the same time, um, and yeah, you're just yeah. this big titty girl who gets the who's part demon who gets to turn into a wolf with these other four girls and y'all just get to run through and cut everything up it is just fun it is so fun (laughs) but that's another thing that kind of leads into the um realm of playstation and why it started to remain superior because it the system itself and sony itself was willing to take risk and they took risk very early on um, especially with um, maintaining uh, a very deep relationship with Squaresoft, mm-hmm. who then bought Enix and became Square Enix that we know today. But Squaresoft was yeah. producing essentially what was a playable visual novel with their Final Fantasies, with Parasite Eve, which was their first foray. Into- I about Girl, I just bought it. Yeah. It is so cheesy. I don't know why I was afraid it to was play it the all these years. It was predecessor to Resident Evil. Yeah, it was a predecessor. No, it came Resident out Evil, after really. Resident Evil. The thing was, is that was Did Squaresoft's it? attempt at trying to do what they do in the realm of a quote-unquote Resident Evil. We're cr- trying to do huh. this dynamic why storytelling. Why do I remember it before? I I remember. Maybe the first Resident Evil didn't really. The first Resident Evil didn't hit. But it could big because here. the first one didn't hit like that. That's why. So that's could be why I remember. It was it like that, um, yeah. big. So in Japan, it's outbreak. I think so. It was big in Japan. Yeah. But here, it didn't really hit like that until two. Yeah, and that could be why I remember Parasite Eve before because the first one just didn't hit in the same way. Like it. Parasite Eve is one of those really hidden rare gems that PlayStation produced that once again sunk everything else that was um, an attempt at doing um, a horror story, which mainly relied on these beautifully produced cutscenes, but that was pretty much it. Which now I realize, and I feel like an idiot, because for like 20-something years, I've refused to play it. (laughs) Because I've had a traumatic history with Resident Evil, Okay. I tried to play that game so like many fucking game. times, and I hear a background noise, and bitch, I just turn the TV off and go there, <laughs> and it happens See, every fucking like time. I don't because I'm just like, I don't want to be fucking scared when I'm trying to play video games. I don't like no. this shit. I don't like the movies. I don't no, like No, you know game. why? Because like we're black. Game. We're already scared. <laughs> we don't pay I to be scared. Somebody. 
We're scared for fucking free. Actually, no, we pay to be scared because we pay fucking taxes. We pay taxes to be frightened all the time. Like, I do not like that game, and I don't understand people who do. I'd be like, what the fuck do you want to... I don't want to do this shit. Like, leave me the I fuck alone. I get the I fascination. So I get the fascination with the early games be purely from a storytelling standpoint um, because it really does. It takes you through um, the stars finding the mansion in the very first game to um, mm-hmm. the sister of one of the stars officers coming to the city thinking he's still there and in her shit and in how every... It, it's a, it's actually a really interesting fucking story. It's, I'm... Sorry, <laughs> and then it gets weird, but it's, but it's also much, terrifying. It's too much of niggas popping no. out of me. I don't like that shit. I'm like, leave no. me the fuck alone. Like, I don't, don't be jumping out. Like, if I'm gonna do all that, let me play our world where everybody's a fucking alien and this shit makes Bitch. sense. Leave me, the, and they, them niggas out there chanting and shit. Them niggas meditating. Like, leave me alone. <laughs> let me do some peaceful ass shit. <laughs> Girl, I tried. <laughs> you gotta meditate to get rid to make them not be like slaves and shit. Like, it's like <laughs> so, I've kind of made a deal with myself that I might buy the classic version of Resident Evil on PlayStation Three, but I only play it during the day, and I only play it while I'm listening to a happy podcast. <laughs> you got it. Like you I have to it. set boundaries, me- you know. I'm just gonna sit over here and I'm gonna play our world and I'm gonna have Abe go and he gonna chant to freedom follow slaves me. and tell them to follow okay. him and we gonna walk through <laughs> and get this shit. Like let me <laughs> Abe gonna be peaceful out this bitch. Like let me I only play Mario Kart. <laughs> so um, just kinda quickly, just last thing on Resident Evil. So the first time I played it, it was Resident Evil two under Nintendo sixty four. My thought father thought for whatever reason, whatever reason that I would be into it. Meanwhile, I've been playing Super Smash Brothers. <laughs> those, Mario those Party. Are, those <laughs> Mario Kart. <laughs> F0G and Vigilante 8. Vigilante 8 was as violent as I got at that well at that time. So I'm like, "All right, let's play this." I popped that shit in and all I heard was <laughs> I said, nope. (laughs) (laughs) I still have that game. I played it, tried to play it maybe twice in my life. And I was like, I will, I can't, like, I just, I am far too sensitive. I'm a sweet boy. I am a good boy. We don't do well with these things. (laughs) Like, I don't, I wouldn't fare well in prison. Like, I just, no. (laughs) I don't, I have enough traumatic experiences. I am not going to subject myself to it. Because I'll be damned if I come in the house searching again with a knife because something I don't watch something and fuck my ass up. And I'm hearing shit bouncing around in the house. Um, there was another point that I wanted to get to. <laughs> so um, something, too, that they really just kind of glazed over, and mainly because, it, once again, it was from the American um, perspective, was at the time of the Sacred Saturn release, um, Sony had many a franchise that was booming and doing well. Um, and they were able then to take those franchises after they removed themselves to, from the production of consoles to, to being just strictly a third-party developer. But some of those franchises, like they still have not brought or refused to bring back to the West after the failure of the Sega CD and the Sega uh, Sega CD slash Sega Saturn 
um, the Dreamcast and even the 32X. Um, one of them being Panzer's Dragoon. That whole Dragoon saga is super big in Japan. It sells, but because of that failure attached to it in the West, and also the move from the West mm-hmm. towards first-person shooters, which is disgusting. I don't, yeah, I can't get It's so one. boring. I don't do any of that. I don't like it. It's boring, and it's so gory and weird. Meanwhile, I play, that. like, Final Fantasy, probably the most boring game there is, crying about it. And these niggas is running around shooting everything. It's just too much. There's no story to it. I, and I just don't need, I don't need war time. Like, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah, I just don't need that. Like, I don't. Well, it's interesting that we don't get a lot of these um, games, th- these Japan exclusives that are actually really fun and really fucking cool, which I think I, f- I found out that the PS4 is unlocked region wise. So I can buy oh, Japanese. I didn't know. I was like, oh, fuck this, bitch. I'm about to, yeah. I'm about to get a VPN and see if I can sniggle some shit. <laughs> and buy me some Japanese yeah, you exclusives. Can, you can buy a lot of Japanese Yeah, I'm good with context clues. I don't need to know the language. The I'm respectful. Context clues. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because you don't really need the... The thing is, it's like, I know they add their dialogue, but you don't really need it. Because who really reads the dialogue in the video games anyway? Oh, Lord. You don't really need it. To, I mean, you read it. You got to. Because how you know what you're you doing? you want to read it. You don't always need it. A lot of times you can figure it out. Well, nowadays, you, you definitely really can. Because there's like a little icon that will show you. Or somebody will repeat it and it'll be a highlighted word. But back in the day, it was not that. You had... Little, little Samantha, who happened to be a monk of the when highest said, order, said you had to go to the west and found Mount Kakamagu, and she said that shit once. When I say I used to hit X all the way through that shit. I used to hit X all the way through all the dialogue and figure it the fuck out. Although, while we talking about Sega, can we talk about the hardest game in the universe? Oh my god! Oh, trash game was the hardest trash. game ever created. Trash, and I would like to also throw on that dumpster <laughs> fire two other games: Tailspin, the Aladdin game. I like the Aladdin <laughs> game, but it is hard. It was hard. <laughs> it as is fuck. hard. Like, it was hard. <laughs> um, I was gonna say Tailspin just because it was trash. It had nothing yes. to do with Tailspin. <laughs> Tailspin was it was and a Captain Fucking game. Planet. It I ain't play I that. I that Captain Planet that game. game was horrid. Horrid. I I ever played that. A travesty. I also that Lion King game was that was way they too said hard. Like, that was way too hard for the like yes for those it children. Absolutely. The stampede. They said you niggas are going to get your shit. The stampede was all of what the third the third thing that they that you're supposed to do and nobody could freaking get past that. Right. No. Like it was hard. It was it was hard to mm-hmm. jump through the the hard. jungle first. Then it was hard to keep jumping on them damn giraffes' yes. heads. Then it was hard to get through the mm-hmm. stampede. It's like yes. okay, I'm done with this shit. <laughs> yep. Yeah, you couldn't get past. Like I would get to the elephant graveyard, and I, I would die every fucking time. You never even got out of fucking Pride Rock. Like Mufasa never, never got to the point where Mufasa died. Like you just always. <laughs> 
if you made it to the elephant graveyard, that game ain't no joke. You just beat <laughs> Mufasa <laughs> to an early grave. That's all. <laughs> that game was hard. That shit was Hold hard. on, and then a slept like, on game though. Tiny Tunes. Tiny Tunes. Tiny Tunes was, was so fun. Shit. fun. Tiny Tunes was, was fun. Tiny Tunes was, was shit. Funny so was. funny as it is, Sega actually had. I think it was like five Tiny Toons games, five different Tiny Toons games. Most of them were like platforming, yeah. side scrolling shit. But they had like Tiny Toons sports. Yes, where you got to play a bunch of different sports. I remember that one. I didn't like. It. <laughs> I didn't like it because I was like, "What the fuck is this?" this is just, I just see Buster and Buster and Babs, and we also Babs. Once again, Babs was that girl. Babs was that girl. She was the prototype. <laughs> People talk about Lola. Y'all forget Babs was the one that started the shit. Fuck a Lola. I thought Babs and Lola were shit. the same person for the longest. <laughs> also, this is off subject, but speaking of Lola, you niggas is weird. All of y'all that's so mad about this new Space Jam and the way they redid Lola's uniform, and y'all mad because now y'all don't want to fuck Lola. Y'all niggas is weird. I, okay, so what? this was my only critique nah. of it. And I'm going to say this from my perspective. Once again, I am a black gay man navigating the world as a man and identifying as a man. So, yes, my perspective is going to be skewed, right? What I missed about this Lola Bunny character, well, what I feel about this Lola Bunny character was is that they completely desexualized her. Like, she just, she has... So you introduce this character that's like super that. hyper sexualized, right? But at the end of the day, like this character is in control of her aspect of sexuality and in control of her body, mm-hmm. right? So now we've gone the complete opposite direction of it. Like there I just feel like there wasn't any middle ground of like fleshing out a full identity of Lola Bunny where you get to see all of these parts of this character. Like you get to see with every fucking we'll body see. else. Okay, well, this is as a, from a woman's point of view. I, my, even then when Space Jam first came out and I was a teenager, my critique of of Lola Bunny was the same critique that I had of Lara Croft. It was the same critique that I had of when they did, and then even a little later when they did Suicide Squad, the initial, um, Harley Quinn character, it was like so much of it was so heavily based on the sexuality because even when they weren't talking about it, it was still those uncomfortable shots of like boobs and like you, ass they shots. didn't flesh the character like, out to give that none depth. Of this you, is necessary you know what's funny? You know what's funny? What it's funny. It's funny do. that it's us three talking about it because when the first Space Jam came out, I was like ten. Right, I didn't look at it either way. It was literally just a cartoon. It meant nothing at all. Right, nothing at all to yeah. me. It was just a cartoon. And see, I was like, if I was like ten, then you were like thirteen, fourteen or so. I was like thirteen, fourteen when the first Space Jam. I came think out. Lola Bunny for I'm gonna speak to my for myself as a gay boy holds the same place in my heart that somebody like a Jessica Rabbit does. Where is this femme fatale? Um, I this femme fatale of beauty and power and grace that can kill a fucking room with her smile just very simply. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But see, this is the difference between a 
Lola Bunny and adjust. We show a lot. Way off subject, but here we are. It's just Jessica nerd life. Rabbit. Actually, no, because there was a Roger it's, Rabbit game, so we're on topic. There was a Roger Rabbit Boom. game. Boom. See, with, <laughs> the thing with Jessica Rabbit, and this is why I still love this character today, it was like Jessica Rabbit was aware of her sexuality and her effect, but she also didn't really give a fuck about that because it's like once you... Every scene in which she's talking where she's not in that club, she's like, I don't give a fuck about none of that. This is what the fuck... That is true. She has a goal in mind. Whereas... Yeah, she has an agenda. Whereas with Lola, whereas with Lola, it's like, although she, you know, it was like still the... It was like she played ball and all this other shit, but they still, even when she was trying to assert her person... Fair, yeah. They still made it super sexual. Cause like don't ever call me doll, you know, and it was like still super like hyper sexual, yeah. even when she was trying to assert it, and that's where I think her and Jessica were different. That's that's why I wish that, and when you bring up Harley Quinn, um, this this is important to Harley and the Quinn. The switch between Birds of Prey and and Suicide just kind Squad of as a character and shit, yeah. yeah. They need to. We need to embrace all facets of what an identity can be. And in doing that, we can tell mm-hmm. more complex, more compelling, and more interesting stories because you have so many more angles with the character that you can take them in. I mm-hmm. don't like hypersexualized characters outside of Oni Shanbaru, and that's just because it's a fun game. It's not for the titties. <laughs> but. <laughs> I don't believe in completely desexualizing these things because it removes it removes what is a very important part of us as like having a sense of sexual identity. And mm-hmm. instead of it removes that and instead of taking that as an aspect and encompassing it with once again like other aspects of it and creating a full but character. New, but also with this new the the redrawn version of Lola, I don't think they completely desexualized her. I think they did give her the Bitch, same why uniform. Why did no, give her no, they, they, they took away a lot. Not only the uniform. She don't have that, she don't I mean, have that yeah, tiny waist with big breasts and wide like hips. She looks like a stud. She don't, she don't. I said, who is this stud? She looks like a stud. She's like young and May. Like, she's yep, a stud I now. said, this bitch looks like every stud I've ever met I in my life. Big ass hips to with me, a big ass booty and a big ass To me, I feel like a lot of times this whole, people talk about the sexualizing of, of this stuff. We apply adult thinking to kids' brains. It's like they really are not thinking about that. That's true. Like, but you think that they're but not. It's but it's about the stuff that, that they are consume. Pissed. You said what? But it's adults that are mad about it. Like it's like these. It's a, It's all these adult men that are pissed that. They don't want to fuck Lola Bunny. Yeah. Which is so strange like, to me. Their issue with it is weird. My issue with it was just like, yeah, why are we still keeping one like, note? why do we go so far to the it's, other It's side. just, we still kept Where her is, one note. We just said, oh, no titties now. Yeah. <laughs> it's one note on yeah, the Yeah, it's like, end. what? Like, if it was like, if it was like, we we're gonna like, fully round out her character, then that's fine, whatever. But a lot of these men are pissed that they don't want to fuck her now, which is strange. This is why I was saying this is part of Harley Quinn, too, because Harley Quinn's initial entrance was through Batman, 
the first Batman animated series. And Mm -hmm. through that storytelling, you get... It's still fucked up. Don't get me wrong, but it's it's a story that's meant to be fucked up, and we all know that her background's supposed to be horrid. Nonetheless, you still yeah. get these, these these levels of complexities. Not just that, but you get to see her how she relates to every other character in it. So you get to see all of these other facets, even beyond the sexuality. Like, yeah, she was hot, and she knew she was hot. She knew she was that girl, but you got to see so much more of her through that series and even into the comics. And same thing with the the idol, the one and only Miss Poison Ivy, who was brought to life by the divine, the one and only, the bride, the U-N-Q-N-U from Kill Bill, Miss Uma Thurman. Uma Thurman. And she did Uma that Thurman shit. Ivy is it was beautifully but campy, and it she, it had so much mm-hmm. just power. But that's and, also uh, why I say Batman and Robin is the the best Batman movie <laughs> of the franchise. It yes, it's campy and stupid, and they but it's the best realization of all of those characters. Yes, Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> as Mr. Freeze don't make no goddamn sense. No. But he was one of it was one of the most dynamic Mr. Freeze and Poison Ivy were two of the most dynamically played Batman villains in any of the And movies. I think Miss uh, Alicia Silverstone was also in that. Yes. She did Yes, she was. It's like this was the first time that not only was Batman given a personality, but everybody was given yeah. a personality. They were whole mm-hmm. ass people, and they were complicated and flawed, and yep. they made fucked up decisions. And it's the first time that you got to see Batman as the like flawed and conflicted person that we saw in the in the cartoons, in the comics, and the and it's like yes, it was campy and stupid, and they did a lot of like zooming in on the nipples and doing like weird ass shit like that. But at the same time, this is the first the time you got to see them as whole as it was. But this is also the first time you got to see them as whole yeah. people. Which is, Chanel, you were asking why, why like, why, like, kids don't notice that. This is why it's important to have these kinds of conversations because when you look at this type of media, especially when kids are consuming, you don't want it to be one note. You know, you want them to see shit, you want them to see media that. Re- reflects at least at the very least situations that may come into their lives and to have like these really in-depth characters and also it's a good time for like mom and dad to sit down and watch with the kids too you got to be able to pull their ass girl steven universe (laughs) (laughs) like just good storytelling what i was was talking about in regards to uh, adults at like putting adult thinking on on children is when we look at um, a, a Lola or a, a Jessica Rabbit or, you know, or a Harley Quinn, and then we're like, oh, my gosh, it's so sexualized. What the heck? It's like kids not even seeing stuff like that. It's not until they get it's not until you get older that you now, really start. to Now, think I believe it. now I believe teenagers do, but all teenagers are horny. They can turn anything into sex. 
But like yeah. the the ten year olds that watch Space they Jam, they're not thinking about it. They like it was just a character. We had three movies about a white dude fucking a pie. They can I turn mean, anything and that's into both sex. men, that's both girls and boys. Yes. They can turn anything into sex because they're horny as hell. Hormones are going freaking bananas. So yeah, I ain't talk about them. They turn a freaking they turn cucumbers into sex. I mean, yeah, you know, we not going down that road. I'm saying like the 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 kids that are watching this stuff. It's like we not like they're not thinking about that. They literally just see cartoon characters. But then the adults are like, "OMG, I can't believe this is happening." It's like they they I swear to you they don't see that stuff. <laughs> yeah. I But that's also but like these are the the reason that we just talked about why we like Batman and Robin are the same reasons why I like birds. That's the same reason why I love birds of prey. Right? Oh yeah. Yes, it's campy and it's stupid and it's like over the top and ridiculous. But at the same time, it's a it's a movie where you can't say mm-hmm. it's a hero or a villain movie, right? Because one, it's a it's mm-hmm. damn near an all female cast. Almost everybody mm-hmm. in this in this movie is a woman. But then it's like everybody is their whole dynamic characters. So it was, yeah, it's the same woman playing Harley Quinn that played Harley Quinn in Suicide Squad, but it's less about Harley Quinn as like a sex object and more about Harley Quinn as a mm-hmm. person and kind of how she ended up here. And it, it's if you ever watch the Harley Quinn cartoon oh my God. that's on um, HBO Max, it's which all, I love, oh. and I love. <laughs> That they really address the Harley Poison Ivy lesbian relationship in the cartoon. I do love. That yeah, they much. were in some movies like Strange Games or Bad Games or Strange Trouble with Nev Campbell and Denise Richards. Uh, what was that movie? Called? You know what I'm wild talking things. about. There we go. You said Wild Things. It was a Wild Things. <laughs> I remember that movie. Yeah, you remember Wild, wild Things? things? I, remember, yeah, I, I remember. I remember that movie. But um, it's like Birds of Prey really like because it, it's like it's hard to tell who's the hero and who's the villain because you get whole people. It's like, yeah, everything she do ain't right, but everything she do ain't wrong either. And it's like she's coming from her own personal morality and her own trauma and her own this and that. And so is everybody else in this movie. And this is one of the few times that you get the female characters in these like hero mm-hmm. sagas that have whole personalities because usually they're so centered on the men that even when you look at like the Avengers and you talk about like Scarlet Witch or Black Widow, it's like they're very one note yeah. characters. They don't have whole personalities, but the men very much have whole personalities and mm-hmm. backstories. And this is one of the few times that you get it for the women as well. And so frequently the women don't have that. Yes. Which is kind of why I wish they would have found a middle ground for Lola because we don't often enough get whole stories for the women. They're just supporting mm-hmm. roles and accessories for the men in the story. So it's it actually wants it actually leads into something that is just kind of middle ground in the Ving diagram of all the topics. Um so speaking about like female characters in um, video games and specifically video games and comic books and that realm, right? All of these characters are always one written by men, two most likely white men. 
And on top of that, the only time you mm-hmm. really get to see these characters evolve or grow or show any other layers are when it suits the company itself, right? So think about um, Jean Grey and the Phoenix saga, right? So yeah, and even yeah. like f- we'll get there. Let's even step take a just a step back to Storm and Storm's initial um, introduction, where Storm is a nudist. And her nudism is treated just kind of as slight comic relief. Um, it yeah. served a purpose because it was an awe and a gag for this black character to be nudist, but black people can also be nudist. And her sexuality in that point, it wasn't even really, it wasn't sexual. She was just naked. Like they were like, we got to go put some clothes exactly. on. Damn. And she whips right. the wind around. Right. And next thing you know, sis is dressed. Um, but that gave leeway into two, one good, one bad, but very important kind of arts in the realm of all of this. And actually shows you how like the two sides and that all of this is really about money. Um, the first one is the June Gray story, which uh, the Phoenix saga, which came out the same time that the feminist movement, the first second wave feminist movement was beginning. And it was supposed to be a reflection of the time. Jean was supposed to be the weakest one. We all of the X-Men. And she ends up becoming finally moving into the realm of being an alpha. uh, Is it alpha mutant? Omega mutant? Omega level mutant um, through that saga. And then at the same time, you got the Miss Marvel saga where Miss Marvel ends up falling in love with this alien that essentially like rapes her and impregnates her with himself. And she gives, so she yeah. is raped by this thing, impregnated by himself. She gives birth to him, decides she's in love with him, and flies away, right? So. I mean, it's Stockholm Syndrome at its finest. It's like they took what Beauty and the Beast did and just. It was it up, like. awful. But get this, though. So they got rid of those writers, right? Jean Grey happens. And if I remember correctly, Miss Marvel comes back. And everyone that she was associated with, she's like, I was under this man's spell. How dare you? And how quickly that narrative switched because it was fitting for the image of the company (laughs) and essentially profitable. But all of this shit is done by men. (laughs) Either white or Asian men. Your comics, your video games, it doesn't matter. It's done by Asian or white men. Um... Okay, so to wrap up our nerd, our nerd, uh, a nerd person <laughs> chat, um, <laughs> I want y'all to talk about um, your favorite video game and the first time you played it. Oh, favorite. Ooh, I, mm. I think. I think my favorite video game actually is Oddworld. But it's not because of the game, if that makes any sense. So the reason why Oddworld, and a lot of people don't remember this game because I bring it up all the time. People really do not know what I'm talking about. But the reason why it is my favorite game, because that was the first game that me and my uncle used to sit and just play together for hours, right? 
So it was like, it's not so much the game, but kind of the ceremony around the, time the game. Spent. Because when I say me and him would just sit there and play this game for five, six hours on end, because he would always have a hard time figuring out the puzzle parts. So we, even though it was a single player game, we would kind of play jointly because he was better at the more action parts and I was better at the yeah. puzzle parts. So we would play this game kind of jointly and it was like that because he was... He was a bit of a hermit and he would shut his door and we wouldn't, you know, he wouldn't let people in his room and shit like that until mm-hmm. it was time to play video games. That's really the only time he would let us in was to play the you video games. You just explained our relation, so, just another piece of the puzzle, just just lay it right there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah very much so. I, I see you. We see each <laughs> other. But it was, <laughs> we see each other. <laughs> but it was, yeah, so that was, it was that's definitely one of my favorite games because I remember the day at mm-hmm. his funeral I played that oh. game. I went home and I played that game right after his oh, funeral. Girl. So that's it's just kind of one of those things that it's like every time I see or talk about or play this game, I'm gonna relate it to him. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, what about you, Shana? I would say my. Favorite game is probably Toe Jam and Earl Mission to Earth. Bitch. The one with Letitia. When they have to, like, they were on this, like, area. It looked like cheese and shit. And they running from what they call Earthlings. And they building pieces of the spaceship. And they got to go from one. Yeah. It's a great game. Yeah, I love that game. I think, was that the one that was on Xbox? No, this was on Sega. Oh, so it that's the second. Okay, I know. What you're yeah, talking about. it was one of the sequels. It yeah, the that's yeah. yeah. It was like it was Panic and Funkletron one. or something like that. So there's two. So there's two. So there's Toe Jam and Earl. Like that, that Panic thing that you're talking about, and then there's Mission to yeah. Earth. Mission to Earth is the one that yeah, I like. They were they were two parts of the same okay. game because they came because it was like they split the game in half, right? So it was like the Mission lost levels essentially. First. And then the second part came out a couple months okay. later. But yeah, it was yeah, they like split the game. Well, you know yeah. they had a third one that was very racist. I didn't. I yeah, that's that. why I was like, bitch, you like the I one with Letitia? No, no, no. This ain't got nothing to do with that. I did hear that. I remember I, I just I just remember built, yeah. having to build these pieces to the spaceship. And running around picking up food and running from the earthlings, and then they stop you because they're taking pictures, and now you daze. And then, yes, I love that game. So, yeah. that game is probably my like favorite the game. game. <laughs> the one that would bring me the most joy to date would actually be Sonic, um, both one and two, because you, it's right. similar to Siobhan and Oddworld. Yeah. I immediately think of my father with that game. Because he was always the one that would help yeah. us get pla- get past the level on the plane. He would have to do that for us because none of us could ever pass yes. it. So he would have because to do that specific level for us all the time so we could beat the game. <laughs> so <coughs> my favorite would be Toe yeah. Jam and Earl back to Earth, Mission to Earth. But then the one that will bring me the most joy now at 34 would be Sonic. That's <laughs> real sweet. That is real sweet. Yeah. Cause that was it. Would, we would all we would get a, either the plane board or the um, chemical factory. No, not the chemical. The um, the one where you under the water, <laughs> the one you constantly go underwater. Oh God, I yeah, hate yeah, that, that one. Started. That one. That one. 
Not yet. Yeah, labyrinth. that, that one's labyrinth board. That's what it was. It's not chemical. It's like, why am I underwater, nigga? I just jumped. Look, I thought this was land. And you go land. around. The bubbles. And you get the air bubbles. Wait, Chanel, do that again. That was slightly triggering because that was like, oh my god, I'm playing the air. The air bubble for me. Yes. And then the music get back to the regular speed. It's like din, 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 din. that shit was anxiety provoking. It's like you can't just hit me with this fast yes. music, music and these numbers countdown, and then just like drop and then me it off just be like, oh, and you just fall. It's like okay, I got, no. Yeah. Um, mine would have to be. So it's the franchise, um, but it started with Final Fantasy VII. Um, it was one of the first games I'd ever gotten on my PlayStation 1, along with Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had the guidebook and everything. We weren't allowed to play Grand Theft Auto because my mom happened to see it in the store. She was like, fuck, no, y'all not. <laughs> my dad tried to raise a no. I'll just say that. <laughs> And he did though. Yeah. It's just the gay nigga. <laughs> yeah. It's still a nigga, just the gay one. Um so and God, I can do home report weirdly too, oddly enough. Never mind. Um so he actually got me Final Fantasy Seven, and if I remember correctly, I think it was three disc. And at the time it wasn't a game that I I couldn't figure it out. I couldn't figure out what was going on. Everything was too complex. It just took too long, and I didn't have the patience for it. But I began to revisit it as I got older, and I I think I started playing it again maybe at, like, 1920. No, I had just moved out, so it might have been, like, 21, 22. Um, So I started replaying it again and just fell in love with the world and the characters and really begun to understand what um, the possibilities of video game is as far as medium. And it's not just some like childish bullshit garbage. Like this shit has such, can have real depth to it. And yeah, the second half of the story gets real wonky and confusing, but You see, yeah. like, these characters that go through these ups and downs and trials and tribulations and testify, even testify sometimes. Um, mm-hmm. And you're, you're, you're literally physically building them up and devoting hours to building these characters up. There would be days that I, I, there would be days, consecutive days when I got off work, I'd just come home, get high, and I would do nothing more than level up. <laughs> I would be leveling the fuck up. It's like, you niggas will die. Everything's going to burn. I'm getting my Friagra, okay? We're not doing fire or fire. I want Friagra. We're burning everything. Like, you niggas will weep. Like, I, this is what I say to myself as I'm playing the game even now. Um, but this all leads to um, the remake that came out last year uh and it came out at probably the best time because quarantine had just happened it was maybe two or three weeks 
into um, quarantine and it finally got released. And I've been kind of hearing yeah. about it. I didn't want to know much of what was going on. Um, I'm like a super loyal Square Enix like gamer. Um, so I knew that mm-hmm. it was going to be mediocre at best. I knew that and I was going to be okay with that. It turned yeah. out to be probably one of my favorite games of all times. And honestly, playing this game has made me kind of check myself in the way that I feel about um, like classics being redone or uh, things being rebooted, some things being rebooted because not everything needs a fucking reboot. (laughs) However, Sister Sister needs a reboot. And once I'm done with this, I'm going to tell you my reboot (laughs) because it is hilarious. Um, But playing this game and being so devoted and so in love with this original story and like literally I'd be like sad and depressed and this this was the thing that I was like okay this is gonna make me happy um and having all these feelings and attachments to it I was going into it with a certain expectation of and I kept reading that it wasn't that and I was like this is gonna be bullshit um but I'm okay with it (laughs) And playing it, like, mm-hmm. it, the story stays on track to a certain point, and then it just jumps the rails. But it's still a kind of conceivable story within the realm of what this game is. And it made me kind of take a step back and rethink, like, give things a chance. It made me rethink about, like, sticking my nose up just because something's coming back. It's like, mm-hmm. you, you got to give it a chance. Right. Um and the fact that they were like, hey, we're going to start with this. And then after this, we're doing a whole a whole fucking new story. It's super exciting. And yeah. I'm I'm re- I'm really excited about it because it, it's just taking this beloved classic that you had and saying, all right, these are the characters. We're going to put them in some new situations. They're still the same characters, yeah. but they're just going into something different. And it, I'm like, this it's 2020, it happened. And it was like, that was every, almost everybody's like, I got to do something different mm-hmm. here. So I'm probably looking too deep into it and putting too much emotional <laughs> weight on it. But <laughs> I think so. But, it, but the big, that big symbolism of finishing the game and having like, here's this new adventure and essentially COVID being nothing more than the start of a new world, you know? It was yeah. just inspiring. It was inspiring as fuck. I get it. It was inspiring as fuck. I mean, but we're also, it's like, it's... And it was beautiful. <laughs> I kind of look at it. It was beautiful, like, girl. Because we're kind of... I oh. look at it like, because we're in the era of the reboot, Yes. Right? Like, this Absolutely. is literally the era of the it's reboot. It's the nostalgia and era. At least, and at least that one was done in a proper way that gives that does justice to what it set out to do, right? Because there's a lot of shit that they just kind of throw the shit together because nostalgia is selling right now. This is why Forever 21 is doing, did that collaboration with Juicy Couture, right? what? shit sells right now. It's, yeah. Um, It's a thing, and I've looked at it, and it's saved in Forever 21. But 
most of it, most of these reboots are just bullshit that they throw out because nostalgia's selling right now because we all in the house and we're all reliving these, you know, we're rewatching these shows and reliving these moments of that. Hell, that's yeah. why we're doing this yeah. podcast because we've been in the house kind of reliving these past moments, right? What is it? In, living so, in the house and in, in the house board. <laughs> I saw his ass at the store one day. I was like, is that the in the house board? <laughs> Then I'm like, nigga, hurry the yeah. fuck up. I got to go to work. Shit. <laughs> Some of us ain't in the house bored, nigga. No, that, no he's out here doing this. But thing. it's like, at least this is, at least in that sense, it was done in a proper way. It was done in a way that actually, it adds something new to the story beautiful. while doing justice to where it, it came was from, right? Beautiful. It was a, it was an experience. Because a lot of these. A lot of these, like, y'all could have kept this shit. So, like, it was just, like, we don't Can I tell it. y'all about my sister-sister reboot idea? And I think it would be a really good idea. When we get, when we get off, we're going to, let's okay. wrap this shit up. <laughs> All right, y'all. So, I mean, I guess that's really We it, went in depth. We went we really in depth. We went more in depth. <laughs> because... <laughs> like if you're gonna do it please do it right and i'm like hbo if hbo did it it would have been done well it would have been done fucking well yeah if it was a hbo production it not just streamed on a streaming platform yes right? also shout out to sonic or Fox. even if it was an actual like paramount production and not just a film that was sold to paramount. you mean to tell me never mind i don't need to challenge all stars honestly like i could have deal with more of this I don't need to okay. do with the so PTA out here running so, around having a field day. Challenge All-Stars. So I watched that first episode and I was like, I, it felt like, so you. Wait, okay, hold on. <laughs> Let's wrap this and we can talk about it. <laughs> yeah, we can. All okay. right, y'all. Um, I want to thank right. each and every one of you for uh, spending the last hour and 56 <laughs> minutes and counting with us. Um, it's been a good time. <laughs> um, we've had some laughs, some giggles. We shared some fond family memories revolving around um, our history and sometimes passion and sometimes um, unhealthy obsession with you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, once again, I am Lee from the D. You can find everything that I do in the link in my bio, and I do a little bit, not that much. <laughs> When does this go up? Yeah. Friday? Okay, so by the time y'all hear this, I'll have all my stuff in my bio. I'm not... (laughs) I'm not a little, but I'm not a lot. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Yeah, you you in the middle. Why should sound like the perfect bed in uh, Goldilocks? (laughs) (laughs) Right. I'm just right. in the middle. <laughs> I got a little bit of stuff going on, but it ain't in my bio. I need to put it in there. So by the time this come out, it'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> um, once again, I want to thank each and every one of you for listening. Um, and I'm going to always keep saying this. White people, this is your form of reparations. Um, make sure you share this with your friends, your family members, even your bigoted family mm-hmm. members. Make them pay for it. Um, 
hit the yes. links in our bio, all the likes. Oh, that almost went wrong. Never mind. <laughs> uh, but thank y'all. Have a good night. <laughs> Bye, y'all.